what's essential is that you are willing to open up. Because when you open up to this kind of sensuality and sexuality, the truth is, the honest truth is, you don't know what will arise as you start doing this. So that means you'd absolutely, if you've been abused and you've gone through all kind of trauma and grief and people are dead and all the things, you don't have to cleanse everything. You don't have to be like, oh, I'm completely healed, which we never are. And you know, I don't have anything. No, that's not true. But what needs to be true for you is that you need to be willing to open up to the fact that very, very sad, angry, frustrated emotions might arise as you do this work. And if you try to stop that, you're, you're stopping the life force. You're stopping the natural flow of an orgasm of life, of life force energy moving through you. Hello, beautiful women, and welcome to the Claimed Podcast. I'm Anna Rova, your host. And let me tell you a little bit about myself if you're new to the podcast. I'm a femininity and feminine embodiment coach, and I run a very powerful program for single successful women who want to attract and keep committed masculine men or women who are already in relationships but want to change that feminine masculine polarity in their relationship. Hello, beautiful women, and welcome to another acclaimed podcast episode. Today, I talk to an incredible woman. Her name is Hanya Lina, all the way from Sweden, Stockholm. I'm like, yeah, Stockholm, not Copenhagen, like I did the mistake on the podcast. I hope you'll forgive me. Uh, she's an amazing woman. I mean, one of my favorite conversations. She's a peer friend. She's a feminine embodiment coach, and she has like so many methods and amazing things about her. She talks about, you know, life force, radiance. And a lot of other things that I can't even pronounce, but an amazing healer, an amazing coach, an amazing woman, a mother, a partner, a lover, and all these things combined. So what we talked to her about is, uh, well, we started with some break icebreaker questions, and that led us to the whole discussion of uh, Mary the Magdalene and the Magdalene Manuscript, which is all about how tantra and sensuality and sexuality and her and Jesus, how they use that in order to do the work that they're doing in the world. Pretty insightful, I myself saving for me. And then we moved into, well, we talked a little bit about codes for sexuality and what happened in this whole patriarchy and religion and how all of that came from basically fear of what women are and what they can do and the magic in our bodies. Then we move on into talking about Lena's journey and her work in terms of, you know, grief and trauma first, because that has been her experience. And so we talked a lot about embodiment and why it's so important and the steps to actually go through grief and trauma so and embody that so you can get on the other side and actually experience magic or you know sensuality sexuality or everything you want in between we also talked about some advice for you know if you're a mother and have children how to bring up and raise embodied children so i love that very practical advice and then we jumped into sexuality sensuality and that magic of us as women how can we tap into our bodies so we can live a more alive life and the steps to getting there to get embodiment and 
having what you want. We finish off with uh, talking a little bit about us being in masculine overdrive, like so many other women, how we deal with that. Lena's best advice is not to wear underwear. So stay until the end so you can hear about her uh, practical tips on what to do about that. And then she shares three books with us and four incredible women and actually one man to follow on Instagram that are really inspiring. And then she'll tell you how you can find out more about her. So supercharged episode. I hope you enjoy it and I'll see you at the end. All right, everyone, today I have a very special woman with me today, a peer, a colleague, a friend, a very special woman. Um, her name is Hanna Lina, and she's calling all the way from Sweden. Are you in Copenhagen? I'm in Stockholm. No, Stockholm. Copenhagen is like Denmark, Anna Rava. You don't know your geography. <laughs> Well, apparently I do, because I corrected myself. All right. Hanalina from Stockholm. Welcome to Claimed. Super excited to have you here today. And, you know, as I I told you, we don't have a specific agenda here. I mean, we kind of do have some talking points, but I know you had an amazing journey in embodiment, in femininity and sensuality, sexuality, grief and trauma. So, we're kind of, it's going to be a real, little roller coaster as like women do go in circles and talk about one thing, then another. And so, you know, I saw your recent posts on Instagram and I said, you know, this is going to be a juicy conversation, I think, because I think you have such an incredible presence. And since I've known you, you know, I see how much you've grown and now how much you're serving the world and your clients and just who you are as a woman. And I also love your Instagram. So that's another reason to you know, to get on a podcast interview. So, Lena, before you introduce yourself, I have some icebreaker questions. So let's get into that first. So, um, mm, mm, mm. what is always in your purse, Lena? My tacking rod, a small one. (laughs) What's that? What's that again? A tacking rod, zero point energy. So it's like... um, it's an, I guess, an upgraded version of a crystal. You hold it and it's just, it's super, super cleansing. It's super good if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling, you know, anxious or something. I just always have a small one in my purse. You didn't expect that one, did you? No, I'm like, is this a little vibrator that you carry in your purse all the time? Or? You're, not, you're not the first one asking that. When I sit yep. with, on calls with this in my hand, people are like texting me, are you holding a vibrator in your hand? But it kind of is like a vibrator, although it's more like a vibrator for your energy field. It's really beautiful for that. I also mm-hmm. always carry essential oils in my yeah. purse, my phone. Yeah, and but I, lo- I love the little. I love the little <laughs> thing. I, I don't even know what's the name of it, but it's I got it. Tachyon rod. Tacking rod. Tachyon rod. Yeah. Tachyon rod. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good to know. Good to know. All right. Moving forward, uh, Lena, who is one person dead or alive that you'd love to have dinner with? I guess I have to answer Mary Magdalene. Um, Wow. 100%. (laughs) Why? I mean, I'm just very, very into her teachings and into the whole carrying forth the rose lineage and the Magdalene teachings into the world today, which is basically a translation of love. So I would love to have dinner with her and her, her hubby. (laughs) 
By Karabi, you mean who? I mean Jesus. Okay. Yeah, I'm just some, clarifying. You know, have some sacred sexuality conversations with the two of them. be really juicy. It's so strange that you say, you know, Jesus and sacred sexuality next to that. Because to mm-hmm. me, that's like, well, not to me, I know, but in general, these are, these might, you know, these are kind of opposing subjects. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe we can dive into that a bit later in the conversation. But here I'm curious. So, I'm just curious, you know, when you mean her teachings and all of that, how do you get access to that? Like, is, is there a book? Is there a, Where do you get her teachings? Uh, so b- both, I would say, for sure, through books like the Magdalene Manuscript, the whole womb awakening process that is happening. And I mean, that's always been happening, but that is really on, you know, the forefront right now with women waking up to their womb wisdom, just like we're doing in embodiment. Basically what you and I are are teaching and what we've been embodying through through our course together, although I guess this specific lineage is taking it deeper and deeper and deeper into the womb, into the yoni and into your, your the wisdom of sensuality, the connection of sexuality and spirituality. That really being my, and I would say so many women that don't even know it yet, that's really my main way and like the easiest and main way to connect with universe is through my sexuality. And this is such a huge part of her teaching. It actually is also such a huge part of Jeshua's teaching. But of course, you know, church, men, writing books and stuff like that. It went a completely different direction. But for those mm-hmm. that are interesting, there are there's so many books with uh, women specifically that have been channeling, channeling Ma- Mary Magdalene and just writing down her teachings and all of that. And I mean, my teacher, one of my teachers, I uh, work a lot with her energy too. And so do I. And I work with embodiment, you know, but I also work uh, in the Akashic Record and I work with channeling myself as well so mm-hmm. I, I so what is like one book one book that you can recommend like or a starting point for someone who's interested mm-hmm. a starting point i, I mean i the, what i had as my starting point with her or with her but with that energy let's call it that instead of like a specific person is the magdalene manuscript that okay. is however not a beginner's book how, but for what happened with me is when I just opened that book, when it arrived, when I opened the book, my body woke the fuck up to this teaching and to this knowing. And so it was, it was such a transformative experience, to be honest, to be reading something. And I'm like, I know this. And my body just responded to it. Like, I know this. We all know this as women, you know? And so if you're interesting, you can totally dive into the Magdalene Manuscript. I mean, it's not a it's not a first. I wouldn't say that's the first thing maybe to dive well, into, but... Yeah. yeah, if you want your body to wake the fuck up, then you definitely order the Magdalene Manuscript. It's 100%. called The Alchemies of Hor- Horus and the Sex Magic of Isis. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. Okay, Bring cool. You back to the pyramids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have no I have no freaking idea what this is about. I mean, ah. I have a sense of it, but yeah. as you probably know, Hanelina, we like I am 
I mean, there's a coach for everyone, for every woman, right? But I'm a little bit more, I don't, I don't want to say down to earth as like, you know, it's not better or worse, it's just who I am. So, yeah. um, you know, so that, but but I'm super curious about it. And so, well, maybe tell us a little bit about, because, um, you know, in my work with women, we, we when we talk about, you know, rediscovering your feminine flavor and who you are as a woman. And obviously, like what I do, I help women attract masculine men by uh-huh. tapping into their body and femininity. One of the little pieces there is, you know, I talk about original sin and the lie of inferiority that I've learned originally from Jenna Ward. And of course, she learned it for somebody else and so on and so forth. But as a general concept, we talk about that, you know, and, and re- what religion and how religion has played the role and, and brought us into this lie that, you know, Eve was um, essentially, yeah, you know, the, the root of all, like she gave Adam the apple and she seduced him and so on and so forth. And I've had since then conversation with women who say, well, actually in religion, I think that women are portrayed amazing, you know? So anyways, it's it's also an opinion, viewpoint, things like that. But what I'm getting into, Lena, like when you said Jesus, I mean, Mary Magdalene, okay. But when you said Jesus and then sexuality and sacred sexuality, I'm like, how does that play into this? And and where, I guess the main question is like, where did that get lost? And how from sacred sexuality, which I'm assuming that was always the case, it, it all came into sex is taboo and, you know, menstruality is, is blood and it's from the devil or whatever. I mean, I guess it depends what religion you're coming from, but curious to hear your thoughts. Oh, wow. What an amazing topic. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so first off, actually, I want to say, because I'm from Sweden and, and a lot of people might not know the culture here, but we are a very, I mean, non, what's the word, you know, when there's no one believing in religion, basically, in this country. And not agnostic, atheist. Exactly. It's I'm coming from a very atheist background, which means religion for me personally is, as opposed to, I mean, most part of the world is not supercharged to start with, because I'm not grown up with religion uh, really uh, being a big part or influence of my day-to-day life, except obviously in Sweden, we have churches and we have things, you know, we have all the the holidays and stuff like that. But I just want to set that up because that's where I'm coming in to this teaching from also, which is a pretty pretty much like a clean slate in, in a lot of ways. All right. So Jesus and Magdalene and sacred sexuality and what happened. So what I believe happened, and I can only talk about what feels true to me as I am studying this, who knows what really happens, but this is what feels true to me. And this is what you can read. You know, you can read however much you want about it is, is that women as women, we're carrying, we're carrying codes for sexuality that are so powerful. And as you personally probably know, we can just go on and on and on and on and get higher and higher and higher and get into higher and higher and higher states. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, when we explore sexuality with a man or ourselves, we can, there's like no stop to how high we can get, meaning how charged we can get in terms of charging our physical, but also our energetic bodies. So using this kind of sexuality, it's called sex magic as well. But when you start to 
consciously use the energy that you're creating when you're making love, you're charging not only your physical body and it's feeling pleasurable, but you're charging your energetic body. And when you charge your energetic body, you become a lot more magnetic. You become radiant. You become, I mean, what you're talking about yourself as well. Things go effortless. It's Mm -hmm. easy. It's effortless. And you're just feeling very, very filled up and very charged in your energetic field as well. So you're becoming kind of big, you know? And so this is according to, you know, the, the books and all of that, the teachings, this is the kind of energy that Jesus and Magdalene were using, making love with each other. I mean, they were working together. First of all, he, she was not obviously a whore or whatever. They were working together on the same mission of spreading love and healing and all of that. But they were working with sex magic to charge their energetic bodies which ultimately led to the whole resurrection and all of that because the energetic body was so charged. So it could appear as, you know, him physically coming back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very interesting. I've actually never heard that, but I guess it's it's basically like a tantric interpretation 100%. of the biblical narrative and yeah. of the story of Jesus, but just through sex. Oh my God, I love it. Yeah, I, I mean, love it. Well, I would say more through love than sex, actually, even. Uh-huh. But yeah, love but what sex. you're describing is is essentially tantra when you're using yeah. sexual energy to get yeah, to higher states and things like yeah. that. This is like freaking mind blowing because I've never, I've never heard about this, thought about this. I've heard about the story of Mary Magdalene and things like that, yeah. but that the the theory, because obviously it's a theory that's not proven. I guess it's all in archetypes and things like that, but. They use Tantra, which makes sense. They use this force and this charge for, for love and everything to actually spread the world and, and even to like get him resurrected and everything. Yeah. So it doesn't have to do. It's so interesting how that single event can be described, interpreted, understood through, you know, religion, which is like complete sex taboo and the actual sexual um, energy experiences, you know. Wow. And just to wrap that up, I mean, that's also why then the church, patriarchy and everyone thinks that, you know, female sexuality is freaking dangerous because you can't control it. And you do not Mm -hmm. know what kind of magic that can appear when you know how to use it correctly. So that's, I would say, kind of a short explanation of why uh, the society kind of needed to shut it down, you know. And the same thing with, with our menstruation, with our moon blood, when we're working with this, you know, awakening of the sensuality of who we really are, we're connecting back to our moon blood, obviously. I mean, it's life. It's life force. And so that's also super dangerous within quotation mark for the for the society if we start to remember that and remember that strong code coding that we all carry within our blood blood and so then they're just like oh it's dirty you know shut it off it's it's easier to not handle basically yeah it's very interesting and yeah sorry yeah, go, go ahead, go I, ahead. Mean, I was just gonna say it's hilarious how we ended up here just just kicking off the podcast because this is not necessarily things that I even talk to my clients about it's more who I am and the transmission that I give if that makes sense 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, super interested to talk about this because I so obviously, you know, I talk about femininity and feminine embodiment, embodiment and helping women to really embody who they are. And a lot of women, oh my God, Lena, and of course you know this, but how many women like literally they start working with me, they wake the fuck up and be like, what? My body is designed to create life and like there's menstrual cycle awareness and like, you know, they literally wake up, which was my story as well. I was that woman who was completely numb and disconnected from myself because I just went on this narrative, do, 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 go, 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 achieve and all of that, you know. Uh, so it's really interesting to, and it's amazing to witness women go through this transformation. And so now I want to share with you, I'm reading this book. Have you heard of Camille pa- Paglia? No. At all. She's like an intellectual academic in the US and she's writing about, you know, feminism and w- not to say where it gone wrong, but how far it's taken everything for uh-huh. women. And one of the things which I was very surprised because usually, and usually, uh, these types of women, academic things like that, they write very much, you know, very academic wise and scientific. I was also reading a huge book on evolutionary psychology of women, things like that. But in her writing, she has a background in art and really exploring different religious art and things like that. And I was very surprised how now the pieces are starting to come together for me, which I knew, but I'm, I'm getting like what we're talking about is basically also putting the pieces of the puzzle for me. Nothing is coincidental in this podcast, but it's really interesting how, you know, when we talk about, that's what she talks about, you know, the magic that women have, which is still magic because there's so many things that we don't know. And from a scientific point in terms of, you know, a nervous system and vagina and how we can orgasm 300 times, like what you said, you know, it's never ending and never, ever expanding for, for a woman. Um, and throughout history, and that's to me like the patriarchy and religion and everything, it's men pretty much not knowing what the hell to do with this and being literally afraid of it. And, you know, the witch hunt and everything, it's the desire to contain or to control what what, what you don't understand, what you don't know, what you can't control. And, and it still is playing to this day. You know, we live in like 2020, obviously, and um, I'm teaching women about this because a, a man's quest in his life, if not all his life, is pretty much, besides his mission, of course, is pretty much what the hell do women want? And what is this <laughs> menstruation thing? And how does a baby, like the magic of birth and procreation and everything, what happens in a woman's belly? And I mean, we're both mothers, Lena. So for, mm-hmm. for, 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 for me, I'm not even a man, but for myself as a woman, that's all magic. Like, you know, I got pregnant and then my body just did, did, did its thing. And then I pushed a baby out of my vagina. Like that in itself is like the magic of creation. So oh, yeah. to me, it's also clear and makes a lot of sense. Obviously, you know, all these men who, I mean, whether you're religious or not, it's your thing, but it's just the idea of to look at that and see like, well, it's just a bunch of men trying to make sense of women, you, you know, for the past 2000 years that led to wars and patriarchy and whatever, you know, like we all make mistakes. Now it's time to kind of get back into it and set it straight <laughs> for 100%. women themselves. Yeah. yeah, that's where it starts. 
And it's so beautiful because I find it now that so many men, they, they really, they're so intrigued by female sexuality and they really want to learn, of course, to just tap into this magic and how do I unlock this in my woman and all of that. So mm-hmm. there's also this longing from men's side now to unlock this pleasure as well and to unlock female sexuality because they are also starting to wake up to the remembrance that, oh, this actually affects me as well in an extremely positive way. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I and I can even go that far, Lena, to say that in my experience as a woman, of course, we all had our bad experiences with men, just like men have had bad experiences yeah. with women, by the way, which nobody talks about. But it's been really interesting in my experience with interviewing men and, you know, being obsessed about men and all of that, you know, since the moment they hit puberty, it's all about how can I basically get laid but when they grow up out of that kind of animalistic how can I inject my penis in every single hole and in every single woman that I see your mother of a son that's coming for you Lena probably (laughs) in a few years but then it becomes about how can I bring her pleasure you know men and I think that we don't talk enough about this so many men are literally the men that I've slept with where not all of them, but a lot of them were literally obsessed about how can I get you to an orgasm? You know, my men can spend, I don't know how many, I get even self-conscious after a while because it's not happening. And I'm like, oh God, isn't his neck hurting? You know, isn't he like, you know, because they're literally obsessed about how can I get this woman to an orgasm? A lot of men. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that is such an important thing to get out there and talk about because it's just not being talked about, because obviously we're being thrown messages that masculinity is toxic and all men want is like basically to use you, abuse you and do whatever they want with you, you know? What has been your experience with that? I mean, with not the abuse part, well, no. you, talk, you talk about that, no, but with no. the idea, have you experienced men who want to give you pleasure? And yeah, yeah of course. I mean, absolutely. I've had zero of the abuse kind of of sexuality. Of course, when I was younger, I experienced really freaking bad sex. And, you know, men that weren't, or let's say boys that weren't treating me nice, but probably I wasn't either. So as an adult, for sure, I've experienced that. And I mean, I've had I mean, it's been together with a partner that I have fully sexually awakened. I mean, I teach women to do that themselves now. Uh, But my journey was I, I really did wake fully up or got fully awoke. If one can ever get that, who knows, but in a partnership. So it can happen by yourself or it can happen in a partnership, of course. And my experience and I work with couples sometimes as well, is really that men really want to give women what they want, not just in terms of sex, but they really want to give women what they want, what they desire. However, they do not want to be freaking told how. And I think that that's where so many women miscommunicate or, I mean, men and women, let's say, miscommunicate with each other because when we as women go into a little bit too much of our masculine, which we can all, always talk about too, but, you know, mm. and we start to tell men not what we desire, but we freaking tell them how to do it, then they that's such a turnoff 
for them. And I'm not, I'm mainly talking outside of the bedroom right now. We can weave it into the bedroom, but it actually all it all very much weaves together. So if you tell a man what you really desire and what you really want, my experience, both private and professional experience, is that basically every man wants to give that to their woman or to me. If you tell them how this is how you need to wash my shirt, or this is how it needs to be cleaned, or this is how major turnoff. So it's more, it's like if we learn to unlock the language that can really work as magic, to be honest, with men, we're going to be in a beautiful cycle of creating love, healthy sexuality and sensuality together instead of being in a battlefield of like who does what and what, who owes who what. And, you know, even in terms of the bedroom, to be honest, is sometimes it can be a little bit like a battlefield, like, you know, who's going to orgasm first or whatever. But if we learn how to really give in the way that, the, you know, that I'm working, not just me, but tantric way, I guess. It's about learning how to really tap into each other's physical bodies, emotional bodies, and energetic bodies, which means we can feel each other's pleasure. And when a man can master that, that's like bingo kingdom opening for him because obviously as we know he can normally ejaculate if we're back in the bedroom he can ejaculate once and then the party is a little bit over you know for most men for most men (laughs) but um if if he on the contrary learns to tap into our waves and our sensations he can experience the same almost the same highs an energetic like kind of upward spiral as we can and this is this is really this is we need to be really in tune and really in sync to learn how to do this mm-hmm. but of course there's not a man that doesn't want to learn that they just don't know how and the issue is that today most women don't know how either and so how are we going to learn how are we going to do this right But we all know because it's in our DNA and it's in our nature to to experience lovemaking and sex and love and everything like this. All right. So you got to teach us, Lina. We're all ears because you're the expert on this. So teach us how to do it. Because I know like your work is now about sensuality and sexuality and things like that. Is this what you work with women actually in? And if you can share with us some of the, like even with me, Lina, I know. My man, I mean, he's not like he's open to it and he's trying his best. But I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like I have to tell him, don't start with a vagina. Start with my with the peripheral of my body, like start with my hair, you know, Mm -hmm. like the vagina should be the last part that you should. Like it, it's not where you start; it's where you finish. Like yeah. you know, and I and I and I tell him this in like a playful way, but it doesn't really come natural to them. You know, it's mm-hmm. it really, it really has to be something of interest. And I know he's interested in, but I don't know if my man would rather you know watch like something where he would relax, like a stupid comedy show at the, at the end of the night, or like a business thing on his mission, or sit there and learn about how to pleasure his woman, you know? So it's a really tricky, tricky thing. Oh, that's such a, and it's such a great thought though. Like if we unpack that thought, because I think so many women resonate with what you just shared, you know, would he really want to spend the time to learn this? And 
I mean, first off, normally this is not my starting point with women. Some women, yes, because they've done a lot of work. Almost everyone I work with have been in therapy, have been in different kind of healing modalities and, you know, have done a lot of work with themselves. Normally, however, we don't start like bang on into the sex life. We go through liberations of grief, of trauma. Maybe we start there well, as yeah, our conversation. We start there and then we progress towards that because obviously there is logic and you're a feminine embodiment coach. That's what, well, you're not here only because of that, but it follows like what you're saying, you know, it follows kind of the feminine embodiment spiral. So yeah. talk to us about that. And I'll ask you more questions about that stage as we move into pleasure and magnetism. Yeah, and that's like a great that. idea. And I mean, I'm sure you've already shared most of this, but just um, I'll take you through my lens. And, mm -hmm. and of course, my way of coaching and working goes a lot together with what I've experienced myself, which means I started in a complete black hole of trauma and grief. I had both my parents died. Uh, I mean, just one and a half year apart and my dog got killed. I got, went through a divorce in the middle of all of that. I had my child, which was of course the light of my life and still is, <laughs> but now I have other light too. But I went through such, such kind of birth channel of grief and trauma to get into the kind of work we're doing today. Mm -hmm. Before all of this happened, I was on my masculine overdrive all the time. I mean, I'm brought up uh, I'm brought up with a mom who uh, basically made all the money. She decided everything and she was also cooking, cleaning and doing it. She just did everything, 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 having like the balls and the pants and everything. And my dad was beautiful, but he was a visionary and an artist and just in his feminine mm -hmm. flow. So, I mean, prior to everyone dying and all the trauma and everything, I was only in my masculine. I didn't even know that this whole world existed whatsoever. I didn't know what femininity was. I thought it was meant being a woman, lipstick, high heels, whatever. I did not know what the energy of it meant. And so my journey really started going through grief and trauma, learning how to somatically heal that through my own body and then doing, you know, educating myself within this, both what we, we did together, Anna, with embodiment with Jenna, but also through other modalities, just somatic healing work on trauma and grief. Once a woman, and I, I am sure this is true for men as well, once you have processed properly, you've opened up to that darkness, you, you, you've been with that darkness, you process it through your physical body and purged it, then you're ready to also open up to this whole beautiful world of techno colors and sensuality and sexuality and all of that, because you can not open to one end and not the other, which you're very well aware of. Mm -hmm. you, you just have to be ready to open the full spectrum of feelings, emotions of who you are, what you've been through to be able to release the full version of you. So that's why normally all of my client work and also when I do programs tend to start with childhood, however tired we might be of that, but just, you know, childhood going through what we've experienced, what we've pushed down into our garbage bin, which unfortunately is, you know, we treat our 
our torso between our yoni and our throat pretty much as a garbage bin of emotions where we just like push it down. And so we really want to cleanse that first because if this vessel, and I'm pointing to my body now, if this vessel is not cleansed regularly, liberated and felt, then I also can't really move sexual, sensual energy through her meaning my body. Mm-hmm. Does that make, I mean, cause then it's stagnant. We all have Kundalini energy in the, in our roots. And, you know, it's like, we can have heavy sexual energy in our root, in our yoni, in our, in our ass and all of that. But to really move that energy through our body, we need a somewhat clean vessel. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying somewhat, because we don't need to be meditating 24 hours a day and only drinking green juice. We can live normal lives but we can't put we can't keep pushing things down into our bodies living like stressed animals and not treating ourselves with love and all of that and then also expect to be unlocking the most fabulous orgasms and all of that Mm. okay so So let me ask you a few questions here before we go into the whole sensuality into the technicolors yeah i love how you said technicolors Once you're, I guess, in, well, in grief and trauma and you're in that stage, it's all kind of either black black and white, black and white or, yeah. or sometimes gray. Yeah. So a few questions here that I know, like I can just hear my clients and the women that I work with kind of, you know, asking. They've actually asked me this. So two questions for you, Lena. Does it mean, so in order to experience the technicolors of your life and of your sensuality and sexuality, tap into that, does that mean that we have to go, in your view, have to necessarily go through all the shit you know the trauma the grief is that a necessary step like for example if i want to tap into you know more sensuality sexuality is that a necessary step that i have to go through the grief and the trauma and like cleanse it and purge it and go deep down amazing question so what's essential is that you are willing to open up Because when you open up to this kind of sensuality and sexuality, the truth is, the honest truth is, you don't know what will arise as you start doing this. So that means you'd absolutely, if you've been abused and you've gone through all kinds of trauma and grief and people are dead and all the things, you don't have to cleanse everything. You don't have to be like, oh, I'm completely healed, which we never are. And you know, I don't have anything. No, that's not true. But what needs to be true for you is that you need to be willing to open up to the fact that very, very sad, angry, frustrated emotions might arise as you do this work. And if you try to stop that, you're, you're stopping the life force. You're stopping the natural flow of an orgasm of life, of life force energy moving through you. Did that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. So you have to be willing to, to open up yeah. to it. So it doesn't necessarily mean you need to go like super deep and whatever, but you have to be willing to open up to experience whatever comes in that process to, to getting towards where you want. And one thing that comes to my mind, because... And I'll let you finish the thought. And I mean, I'm asking this. I already know the answer to this in my own mind, but I'm I'm, I'm curious how what's in your work. How yeah. I've answered this question and how I view it is, you know, 
for example, when women experience, you know, when women come to you or they might come to me, well, I want that, right? So we always focus on the result, like I want to commit a masculine man or, you know, whatever the desire is, which is what we want. The inquiry for that or the desire for that comes from a place, well, I don't have that, hmm. right? And so in order to get towards what we want, we, want we, we, we need to look at, well, why you don't have that? Because if you knew how to get there or how to have that or were there already, that inqu- we wouldn't even be talking. And so the reason why you're not there yet is perhaps I don't want I don't like to call them blocks or whatever, you know, we know this mantra in my work, probably in yours, you're not broken. It's just we need to look at what have been perhaps the patterns in my work, you know, what are the patterns, the beliefs that you're holding in, in your system, in your body uh, that are preventing you from get going there, right? And so when we feel through them and embody them, reframe, release, reframe them, then actually my process works the same, Lena, obviously. I don't frame it as grief and trauma because I think these are big words and I actually don't get, I don't work with women who went through really traumatic experiences and a lot of grief. That's why for me, it's a fascinating conversation to have with you. So I know to send women your way when they come to me with that. But essentially, that's how I look at it. You know, we can't get to the light. I mean, we can, but if your inquiry is like, I'm not at the light yet, that means something is there percolating, wanting to come out and to be released and to be seen and felt. Yep. 100%. It's the exact same way that I work. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's stop a little bit. By the way, if you hear some children screaming in the background, baby came from daycare. So you can hear little Zoe in her little tantrum. But the show must go on. I want to pause here in in grief and trauma. And I guess what I'm really asking here, Lina, is how should we, in your experience, because I know a lot of women, I mean, we, we all have, I guess, micro traumas, you can call them. But I do not work. I know you have worked with women who went through a lot of grief and through a lot of trauma because you've been there yourself, right? We, and I have had that as well, but I guess I didn't like how you talk about this. I mean, oh my God, you know, lost two of your parents, your dog died, divorced, and you had like, it's a lot, right? And I know you've been there for, I don't know if we can call it a long time, but I love how you call it the birth, the birth channel of all of this, just in the way you describe it makes me feel and wonder. What can you share with us about that process and the necessary and the necessary step, mm. or I guess the necessary journey of actually being in that? I mean, we all know of the five stages of grief and everything, but I'm really curious because I also women come to me also after therapy saying that therapy doesn't work because it's all in the head, right? And when they discover embodiment, they're like, "Oh my god, I can actually feel." And it's not that scary, right? But I have not worked with women who were obviously who went through a lot of trauma, a lot of grief. So I'm curious for for a lot of women listening today who have been through that experience, what what would you like to share with them about the actual process of being there? Mm-hmm. Who can, comes to mind here is like Elizabeth Gilbert, for example. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't follow her much, but I know she shared like being in the shit and being in the darkness. Because if you allow yourself or if you're willing to be open to that experience, then things are going to happen much quicker for Mm -hmm. you getting Mm -hmm. to the other side. Yep. All right. So first thing that that pops us, you know, as a response to what you're asking, it's a huge question, obviously, is that I do not personally believe in time. 
as a factor when it comes to grief. Mm. So that means that a lot of people would, would say to you that, you know, time will heal. Uh, right? Time will heal. Just wait. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of women that divorced 20 years ago and that still haven't healed. And I know other people that had someone die a year ago and they're very happy. So time and grief to me are, are, for me, that's a little bit of an outdated way to look at grief. You know, time will heal. Of course, in one way, it's true because we tend to forget and we move on and all of that. But I would absolutely not recommend anyone to wait for freaking time to heal you. I would take action. <laughs> Let Annalena heal you instead of time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or just, you know, decide, decide that it's time. That's more, you know, what I would say that decide that it's time for you to look at this and decide that, you know, I'm willing to heal right now. That's the biggest step that you're actually willing to do this instead of waiting for something. So you've decided that it's time to heal. Then what you want to do is, I mean, I'm experiencing the exact same thing. Therapy, I love therapists, but there's a part missing, which is the whole embodiment part, which is even more important, I believe, to women, at least. So the second part is to allow those very primal, primal, primal feelings to roar and explode through your body. I mean, talking about like the primal freaking screaming your guts out and your lungs out and crying and hitting and just being all physically in there like when you're watching your baby having a tantrum that's full body full body experience exact that's later what's going to open up to full body experience the other way too but (laughs) full body experience grief and trauma you know can you share a story with us where you remember being in that state Absolutely. So after my mom died, which is for me the biggest trauma of my life because we were best friends and like sisters and everything. So after she died, I had, I don't know, a couple of months of complete numbness, which is called obviously the shock phase. Uh, so you're you're in shock mm-hmm. and you're numb and life was black and white and I didn't care if I was alive or dead. I didn't want to commit suicide, but I just didn't care. And I had a one-year-old. And so that was very weird to me. Mm-hmm. You know, that was probably what actually did keep me alive at that point. But I was watching him having his tantrums. And I said, oh, maybe I should do that yeah, <laughs> together. Myself. But I thought to myself, that's the only thing I want to do. But then my mind went, but you're an adult. You're a mother. You can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. And so I didn't do it until one day I sat in the car and a song, it actually brings me almost to tears, but a song came out that was like my mom's and my song, a Gypsy King uh, song came on and I could not I didn't know what what was happening and I could not hold back, but that whole primal force woke up through my body like a Kundalini awakening, but with pain. Mm. And so I just screamed and I hit and I just went crazy in the car. And afterwards there was like just a knowing that, whoa, I needed this. 
I don't know what just happened. I had no idea about embodiment or anything at this point in my life. I literally did not know what was happening. I just understood that this, because there was a calmness and there was an understanding of like, shit, I've opened the door now. So that's when I entered full on darkness and grief. And I could actually be sad and all of that. Before that, I was just numb, to be honest, which was worse. (laughs) to me and then from that basically from that event a series of events leading up then to jenna and embodiment coaching and all of that just you know the synchronicity of how things came into my life of different retreats and different modalities of healing and trauma and all of that just came into my path so that i could release from my physical body. I mean, I still care. I still work with body workers of different kinds, craniosacral and stuff like that to help me release from my tummy, whereas whereas that's a place where I store a lot of my my tension. I've opened Mm -hmm. field human design. I'm very open in my tummy. And so I store a lot of things here. So, so yeah, so watching my son's tantrum and then thinking I cannot do that because I'm an adult and then being forced into embodiment was my journey into healing grief and trauma. Yeah, that's really interesting. I actually have the same experience with my two-year-old and now that I watch her, like literally no filters, you know, she wants something, she's not getting it, she throws herself on the floor, feet up and starts screaming and like dangling, you know, or like whenever she's frustrated, you can totally see. And as we grow up and like as we grow up, all these filters and all these, well, you got to behave nice. And you can't, I mean, yeah, obviously we don't want to be in a grocery store and like, oh shit, there's no milk. And then you throw yourself on the floor and then start banging, you know, like you you can't really no, that's true. But the beautiful thing with this job that we're doing is that when you're regularly cleaning your system and mm. actually going through liberation, when you're in the store and experiencing the milk situation, what you do, and I'm just shaking in front of Anna a little bit, like you just do a little like, you know, and it's kind of out of your system. You actually don't need to go on the floor to do a tantrum because your your system is somewhat cleansed. So you can just do, I just release that shit fucking milk you know (laughs) yeah yeah and obviously like me and you and that's what I teach women to have a regular embodiment practice that allows you to you know not pile up pile up pile up frozen tension and then at one point fucking explode and release and literally you know kill someone or whatever but you actually do it gradually in your body just and you know I do this with all of my women you know primal feminine flow or I call feminine flow whatever it is and then of course there's an intentional practice that I do in my program which I which I think you do as well so I'm curious Lena here a quick question on because we're both mothers I'm curious how do you like with your son how old is he now five and three months yeah. Oh, beautiful. Have you I mean I'm sure you thought about this because I think as embodiment practitioners as mothers like what was on my mind now and I'm conscious about this obviously I I model this to her right so she's going to learn from me she's going to feel the resonance but how do I teach her since she's like a child to actually practice embodiment you know and not pile up all of these sensations do we do we talk about feelings a lot do we 
um, and you're a bit further than me and your motherhood. Do we talk about feelings? Do we have embodiment little sessions where we like dance it out or whatever, you know? So I'm like, do we do feminine flow with them? Like what has been your experience? Yeah, actually all of that. Uh, first of all, it's interesting because now when they're five, they're really their own. I mean, he really has his own very strong identity, which means he's very different to who I am, which is of course beautiful because that's a mirror and that's part of the process of being a mother. So he doesn't really necessarily want the same kind of medicine that I have, but he loves some part of it, which is the anger pillow. Every parent should have an anger pillow, which means there's a pillow that when you see the frustration in your kid, you go over to that and you be like, now let's do the angry pillow. And they can hit, they can run into it, they can hit it, they can scream. And so that you teach them a proper like liberation process. So that's like, if you don't already have that, then definitely. No, I don't. Because Zoe, my Zoe is quite aggressive. She starts biting and hitting us and like, it's crazy. Yeah. And then you can start to transition her into this specific pillow instead, because you want to obviously teach her not to hit other people. And so you want to be like, oh, this is, this is beautiful. You're experiencing this. I feel you. I understand you. Now this is your pillow, like hit as hard as you can or bite it, you know, get that out. And you can actually coach her into that, you know, as you go. So that's, I would say, do incorporate that if you don't already have that, like a little mini liberation process for your kid. The second thing is with both kids and adults, when they go through real tantrums and they're sad, if you can try to not touch them immediately, because when we touch someone, adult or child, we stop the healing process. So the natural healing process. So that means if you're if you feel that your child is really having an emotional release rather than physically touching sit there watch them with love just project love watch them and be like your body language is my open you know and my arms are open you can come over to me don't force yourself onto them and make it better and fix them but let them roll through and wave through their tantrum and sit there with love and open arms for them to come to you. Or when you feel like it's, you know, it's slowing down, like it always is after liberation, then you go and you hug them and you hold them. Okay. Mm. So that's a beautiful way to not disrupt the the healing wave. Yeah. I really like what you're saying because, because that will also teach them as adults to not, use other people as a crutch, you know, and when we see, especially with women, I know this, I've experienced this in women's circles. When I go to a women's circle and you know, I sit in a circle, you know, there's one rule when a woman is crying or having her thing, do not console her. Just, and it's really hard because I think we're conditioned to like, oh, somebody's mm-hmm. in pain. I need to come and like touch them or, you know, you want, you want to comfort. But I mean, especially as a mother, right? Like my initial it's not even an, I guess, instinct or I've been conditioned this way to like come and hug. But I yep. love what you're saying because they know that I can handle this. Your bo- My body can't give me more than, than I can handle it. And you're creating that safety within your own body. Obviously, you're there. You're yes. ready to be that container. But you're also, and is this in the process of, so let's say she starts having her meltdown. So I'm just there. I'm like talking to her. I see this is happening to you. Do you then ask them to... 
as you can hear, it's starting already. <laughs> Do you then ask them to um, kind of say, I know that from Montessori, I've heard, you know, having like a calming down corner where I guess that angry pillow can sit. You can say, well, let's go to the calming down corner. And whenever you're ready, I can give you a hug. And then we go there and then she does the things with her pillow and then yeah. she calms down. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Anything else? Yeah, well, I also love in terms of em other embodiment work with my kid is to play animals, meaning to be like mm. lion mother and lion child or be like a snake and be, you know, really embody animals because those movements are so natural to us and it's fun, you know, it's play and it's fun for us and it's fun. It's so fun for our kids when we <laughs> do that. They can't even like believe it in the beginning. Yeah. And obviously dance parties, you know, because we, again, it's fun for both us and for them. What so parties you said? Dance parties, you oh, know. Dance, dance parties, dance party. yeah. And also I do, of course, talk a lot of emotions, my own emotions and his emotions with my child. But just be aware that they will maybe you know, they will, they might be different than you. And so my, my child doesn't always like to talk about his emotions. And so like, and like a true masculine man, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. there's a tendency for men, yeah. whether it's, I believe it's, it's nature and nurture together, you know, yeah. it's an element of both, but yeah. yeah well, the, the other day, you know, string, we were eating and he was like showing her like a tiger and she's like, Hey, you know, it was so cute when she was trying to make a little tiger. It's just so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Super cute. All right. Well, thanks for this little mini training on embodiment <laughs> for children from Hanalina. We should cut that out and sell it for like $49 on your website or something. <laughs> Hi, girlfriends. Sorry to interrupt uh, your listening to the episode, but I quickly wanted to jump in and let you know that I have prepared something exciting for you. If you're interested in polarity, femininity, and how to embrace your feminine and how to attract primarily masculine men in your life, this announcement is going to be very useful for you because I'm talking about my signature uh, training. Uh, I'm like, how do I describe this experience? Because it's really an experience, you know. This is a signature training, my one-hour webinar that I've put together. And it honestly, it's it's been through a few iterations in the last two years. But I feel like this is the best yet training of mine that didn't come from, you know, reading two books and three courses and like coming together in a copy paste thing that I now advise women to do. No, this has come from me, my own lived experience through my dating life and through finding and attracting the masculine men of my dreams and then marrying him and creating a family. This also came, yes, indeed, from a lot of research and learning and courses and coaches and oh my God, you name it. You know, it's been a, it's been a journey of five years for me about that time. And also this has come from my clients. So the previous training house is different if you've signed up for another training of mine which was the live female success, by the way. This is different because this is now coming through a distillation of my work one-on-one -on -one with women who I've helped get to that place where they're just attracting better men and they start attracting better masculine men and are on their way to actually to a relationship eventually. Not only masculine, but also masculine committed men. So if you are in a situation where you're attracting men that are less than desirable, let's say they're feminine men who don't want to lead, don't want to take charge, and men who are unavailable, then this training is for you. I will have to 
call this training, how to start attracting your masculine committed men, basically in 30 days or less. And in this training, I will share with you some of the key things that I've learned throughout this journey that are helping. That's what my work with women is based on. So in this 60-minute training, you'll find the number one reason why you're still single and can't attract a committed masculine men. It's not what you think. How to break through the patterns of attracting unavailable or feminine men, as I said, and find your blind spot so you can attract the men you want. How to master the feminine masculine polarity so you start feeling taken care of, claimed, and finally be able to let go of control and uncover the lie of female success that's keeping you stuck, exhausted, and unfulfilled, which means in masculine energy all the time so you can start living in freedom and joy and much, much more. So if you're interested, go to girlskill.com slash web sign up and I can't wait for you to see this training and to let me know how it went and by the way there's no replays for this so make sure you select the time that you can show up and be fully present all right I'm gonna jump off and you continue listening to this episode let's get back into our thing that we were talking about about grief and and trauma (laughs) Yeah. yeah so just to summarize so we can continue Lena so you said you know First of all, when we talk about grief and trauma, time isn't a factor. I love how you say, you know, allow for time to heal is an outdated way to look at grief. And then we we, we started going through like steps. Number one is like decide it's time to heal. So you don't need to wait for 20 years or whatever. Number two, allow primal feelings to roar and explode through your body. Essentially, it means like allow for embodiment to happen. Whether that means, you know, going to retreats, workshop, working with someone like you, you know, or even someone like me, you know, depending on what unravels, uh, right? And so what's next after that? I was just thinking about grief is, I mean, grief and trauma, honestly, are so very natural things in a human's life. And I think it's interesting because I feel that people do anything to avoid feeling grief and trauma. And so when we do anything to avoid feeling grief and trauma, this is when we numb out, right? And this is, this is relevant no matter the, no matter the intensity of the grief and trauma. Like you were saying, we're going through micro traumas all day long. So I'm talking about any type of grief and trauma, like moving a house or a school or having a stressful situation at work. We want to do anything to avoid to feel these feelings, right? That's how society has programmed us. And this is really what's what's creating the problem because grief and trauma is natural. Human beings have gone through grief and trauma through eternity, obviously. And so we are wired to handle that. We Mm. are wired to handle such a crazy amount of grief and trauma through our bodies. And as painful as it is, it's not necessarily so freaking problematic. Mm. It's natural. And when we don't allow it to be natural, we become burned out. We become depressed. We become number. We lose our sex drive. We lose everything. We lose interest, you know? So that, that I just wanted to add that, that I think it's fascinating when I talk to friends or clients and they're like, and I hear like, I'm like, really what you're doing now is you just don't want to feel the grief. But when you feel grief, it means that you've loved. That's the exact translation of what you're saying. You're not experiencing grief if there's not all also love involved yeah and so it's a beautiful thing 
it's a natural thing. Well, it is beautiful, but it's also the the reason, well, I believe that the reason obviously when I'm out, we don't want to feel because it's scary because we, that's why I always tell, you know, women in, in, in my work, it's all about, it's so scary because we don't know what, how is it going to feel, look like, and we don't have the tools yeah. to experience that in, 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 a, in a safe way. If we had, you know, because for me, I, I lost my mom when I was eight years old. And so I've had a traumatic event there, obviously, um, still, I guess, dealing with that in some way. But, you know, and, and well, I'm dealing with that. You know what? In what way? In having, I not necessarily having nightmares, but I have this intense fear that's coming up from time to time as I know any, every mother, what if something happens to Zoe? Like I had thoughts in the last year about, an intruder coming to the house, killing me and my husband, and then, well, either killing her or just leaving and she's dying. You know, like all of these stories there. And for me, still death is something that I haven't processed necessarily. Like I think about, I know it's going to happen, you know, the, the day when one of my loved ones is going to go and then is going to probably keep go, you know, other will of it. And, and it just like, I can't go there. And I and and we can argue here. Well, you don't need to go there now because you know it's all a story that you're telling yourself. You know, like deal with it as it happens. I don't know who I'll be calling for some support. Um, definitely. But you know, it's like it's scary. And what I what I find with women is when I drop them into the discomfort, they actually realize it's not as scary because I can feel if that's given to me in a safe way. You know, so yeah, yeah, agree fully to what you're saying, and I just want to add that it's really nice to work on that, to work on death fear. If you're carrying like fear of death and all of that, it's it is nice to 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 work through that. Just because I personally don't believe in death, but <laughs> you know, mm. go through the whole dying process, and I mean, there's lots of different ways to ease the feeling of fear of death for anyone yeah and it's just nice because you don't want to be depending on how often this happens in your life I have friends who constantly thinks about death and are scared about death and I feel that's a bit unnecessary that's a waste of precious yeah. lifetime so well that's know. what I decided I said you know what like it's it's unproductive inefficient and yeah. doesn't serve anyone to think about it like, I'm just going to live here and now and I'll take it as I go. And when it happens, when it's going to hit me, because it's going to hit me like probably a train, you're going to be the person I'm calling, Nina, who can help <laughs> me through this. Um, you went all masculine on that shit. And sometimes we need to do that, right? And we need to, need to be like, okay, this is really not productive. And it's Yeah, not well, because that's for me, you know, and, and like, you know, when I work with women, I constantly tell them I'm a woman like you, you know, I'm not perfect. I have my own shit to deal with. I've mastered this area of my life, you know, which is polarity. And I can get you there to attract your committed masculine man in the relationship. But there's so many other things that I'm dealing with. And this is one area that I know that I'll probably need help and support. But you know, who knows, I might not give myself much credit for the tremendous work that I've done, you know, with embodiment and everything. So I don't know, but I don't want to think about this because, you know, there's no problem. Why create problems out of thin air? Yeah. So moving <laughs> forward now. So once you've allowed yourself to, and I know your personal journey, I mean, I know that when we met first, I think 
it was like two and a half years ago or something. I was pregnant. So probably two and a half years ago. I know that you were kind of switching from working with grief and trauma to working with pleasure and sensuality, yeah. I guess, and yeah. Yeah. all of that. So once you've worked with grief and trauma, I mean, because it's also natural, as we know, an embodiment, once you allow for that space and for the feelings and you just sit with the discomfort and move through it, whether you do it consciously or unconsciously, there comes a place of calm and relaxation and just release, right? Yeah. And from that place, you can go into a place of magic, play, <laughs> play magic, the technicolor. So tell us a little bit about that mm. in terms of, I'm specifically interested, Lena, since you mentioned sexuality, I think um, ways that you've discovered or maybe, you know, where do you start with, with working with that? And mm. actually, before we go there, I have a quick question because a client asked me this and I've answered it in my own way. But I'm curious, how would you answer the question of how do you know when you've actually healed? And I think she asked me in a way when you've, when you've totally healed, which I told her there's no, no such a thing as totally healed. But how do you know, Lina, when you've healed? Um, so the first thing that comes into mind is I... I feel that I've healed something when I'm not longer triggered mm -hmm. by the subject. So, for example, when it comes to grief, as you're saying, I'm always going to grieve my mother. But the difference a few years ago, if someone would ask me something or whatever, and I would be kind of edgy or angry or, you know, I, I would be triggered in some way. And that trigger doesn't exist anymore. That means I can still be sad when I'm sad. I can still do the waves or whatever. But basically, when you think about healing and let's let's bring it actually out of grief now and into more day-to-day -day life, for example, when maybe there's a conflict that you're always having with your, your husband or something, you know, this is like we're doing this over and over again. And then you do something, you talk about it, you heal it together, you switch the dynamic around it, and you're no longer triggered by the subject, the conversation, the happening, that's in my world when you know that you've healed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, perfect. I think this is a perfect answer. Awesome. Let's move on. That was yeah. easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's, let's uh, move into the magic of it all. Yeah. Okay, so actually, that's a it's a beautiful segue because when you when you say that, let's move into the magic. What's happening in my body is that I start to drop down, and this is how you work too. But I start to drop down into my heart, into my womb, and into my yoni. That just automatically happens nowadays, and I can actually really quickly. I see now the puzzle pieces of why we had to start to talk about what we started to talk about in, with grief, because when I automatically drop down and when I learn to do this, most women, it takes, it takes a little bit of time because we're so numbed out. So was I, so it doesn't happen overnight, as you know, but when we learn to drop down into our heart, into our womb, into our yoni, when we relax this chakra point, so to say, we will not know what can arise. And we need to be okay with that. And so that's just the summary of everything we've been talking about. But since I'm okay with that, you know, I, I can handle, you know, if I need to cry when I make love or be angry or whatever, I just think it's beautiful nowadays. I always, I tend to work with women that are very 
spiritually open or like they're open, but they might not even know that they're open. But so my starting point with women is almost always to help them descend into their bodies rather than ascend. Okay, so first we want to descend into our bodies, into our yoni, our womb space and our heart mainly. And then what we want to do is we want to, first of all, just learn how to relax. If we all knew how to relax, we would experience tremendous pleasure by just relaxing, breathing, and receiving. That's all. That's all. That's so easy. That's all you need to do. Just relax. <laughs> It's true, though, because when you relax to that extent and you're present enough in your yoni, which, you know, pussy, if no one, if someone doesn't know what the word yoni means, when you can relax and when you can kind of direct your breathing, your sound, your movement, and you can focus and you can direct it into your, your, your sexual energy, into your yoni, into your womb, you can take yourself to orgasm by just doing that. You don't need to touch yourself. You don't need to do anything. You just need to learn these techniques of relaxation, breath, sound, soft movement. Mm. You know this from embo- the embodiment work, you know? It's well, I, I do. I do. Uh, yeah. But the women listening probably don't. So yeah, that's why we're talking I, about it. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what you're saying is um, really interesting. And when I, when I talk to another woman who's doing feminine embodiment, it's really interesting how we, it's, it's kind of like a peer to peer kind of exchange of, um, you know, professional tools and things. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when I work with women, first of all, like when you said you're no longer triggered, that's what I noticed in, in my work with women when they when they share stories, you know, on our private Facebook group and say, oh, my God, you know, like even a few months ago, if this guy would have texted me, here's what I would answer. And now he texted me and I'm like totally chill. I'm like, sure, there's no story in my mind, you know. And just witnessing that, it's so beautiful. That's how you know you've healed. That's what I thought about when you said it. But then, you know, this whole embodiment work and how I'm helping women drop into their bodies and what does this have to do with men? And then I always tell them, well, this has everything to do with men. Because what you say, you know, when a woman is just freaking relaxed and not constantly on the edge, trying to control it, you know, trying to lead something, trying to make it all happen, trying to answer the big question, where is this going? You know, being in her head, this is her biggest obstacle. Like she's cog blocking herself. And so when she drops into her body, you know, when she's breathing, moving, what you said, and and then just receiving simply, it's, it's so easy, but yet so hard for so many women because we've been conditioned to operate in a very, very different way. And, you know, we still get with you, Lena, I know just by default, by being kind of, you know, living in this container of masculine structure and everything. We, we started our call today with, um, how are you? How are you? Well, I've been in masculine overdrive. Me too. What's your solution to that? <laughs> so even though we are, you know, embodiment practitioners and everything, we can't freaking avoid it. You know, <laughs> we're not perfect. So 
Yeah, and I and I want to talk to you about this, so we can we can talk about this. But I guess before switching into that, I feel like we need to kind of sprinkle on top some something about this magic thing. Is there anything you'd like to add about? Because I know you recently released a program on sensual woman, all of that. So so where do women start? I guess let's let's talk about some practical things, right? Like magic, uh, yeah. descend into bodies, learn how to relax. So where do women start with all of that? Yeah, so if we're talking about the sensuality, where to start with your sensuality, basically. Yeah, then. well, that's what sensuality is to you, right? It's it's yeah. becoming, it's sense, I guess, becoming sensitive to even like the sensations in your body, yeah, dropping deeper be, below the layers of numbness, and that that's what I do with, with women that I work. I mean, they don't know how to freaking feel. Some of them do their embodiment practice like the first time, and it's like. Pfft, open up completely some of them take a little bit longer but when you yeah. open that up it's like there's so much in here and you're like i didn't even know what it means to feel you know yeah, exactly 100 yeah. and i think it's both that probably the most important relationship is what you're talking about now but dropping into the inner felt senses and everything going on inside of your body and to me sensuality is also the outer sensory system so that you're dropping into the beauty or the sensuality of everything around you when you're relating to eating food when you're relating to being in nature when you're relating to cleaning your house you know seeing that more as like okay i am you know this is temple keeping to me rather than i'm picking up from everyone this is fucking hard you know being like this is me keeping my temple if you can just switch some semantic around for yourself especially when you have kids because it's difficult you know i don't want to say difficult but i want to say it's challenging to work with our sensuality and sexuality when we have small kids right because it's disruptive and we don't sleep and all that so we need to, to switch some i mean we just need to switch the lens of how we're looking at things and then learn to tap into the subtle sensuality that is always constantly going on if we allow it yeah yeah, and to share this kind of sensuality and, and the magic with a partner, in, in order to be able to do that, you need complete transparency and you need honesty. You need a very honest and transparent relationship. Because when we hide things and when we block things and when we hide things, we block our sacral and our root chakras. So we're blocking our own sexuality. So we we kind of need to start almost like a lovemaking, maybe not a lovemaking session, but but intimacy with opening up to that emotional body of ours and, and share. This is what's going on in my world. This is what's happening. This is what's moving. You know, this is what I'm scared of. This is what I want. Because when, as I'm doing this now, you know, my body starts to relax. Mm. when we're talking about you know having that mm, intimacy shared with someone so we need to help our body relax and to share and then to drop in together into our bodies and then there's so many ways of syncing syncing up our energy fields syncing up our the movement of sexuality through our bodies you know doing microcosmic orbits and all of that so so the actual you know how to actually practice this it's it's uh, it's a uh, you know there's 
thousands of ways to do it. But if we're just going to be like, okay, what's the most important things to just even get started? It's just regular embodiment and it's your breathing and it's relaxation (laughs) and all this transparency. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. And I mean, this is the work that I do as well uh, Mm. with women and same thing with you. I don't do the microcosmic, what did you say, orbits? Yeah, it's it's uh, to learn just how to move energy, sexual energy, or just prana, life force energy. It's all the same through your body. If you want to, like, ultimately what you want to do when you're working with sex magic and charging your energy body and where we started is to move your sexual energy, right? You don't mm-hmm. want to move it only to your genitals. You want to move it through your whole body and connect and ascend that's all that's all you need to do easy everything is easy for Hanalina, you know <laughs> it's like yeah. no problem except, except the, yeah the yeah i love i love the clarity of everything you're saying um and i deeply resonate with that so thank you for well, that actually, it is easy once we learn it's easy it's yeah, not whether you have tools of course it's just forgotten yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a essential forgotten skill, feminine embodiment, as we call it. All right, so let's move on to the last thing that we I want to discuss with you is this masculine overdrive thing and how you are dealing with this. And so what I've been sharing with you, Hanalina, is um, how I personally, this month specifically, was the month where I was like, all right, burnout, third time in a row, it is a cycle. Hello, wake up. You know, it's not just you know, uh, startup phase of your business or whatever, whatever. It's happening time and time again. So you got to do something because otherwise, like, it doesn't work. It's not sustainable. And so this month for me was a massive release. And I'm actually writing an article about how I managed to shift and also thinking of ways of how can I transmit this to other women of what I've done. But basically, to me, everything has opened up. And I said, you know what? I don't need to do it all. Uh, well, some, you know, drinking my own medicine, right? Because it's really hard. Like we, we we teach what we came here to learn. And so this is also my lesson in terms of, you know, I don't need to be the boss. Um, I don't need to have this badge of owning my business or whatever. I just want to live my life, spend time with my baby, make another baby, be a woman, and just be in this technicolor of pleasure and, and who I am as a woman and everything else. I don't give a shit. I can delegate. My team can take ownership of it. My husband can deal with it all. I don't care. So that's, you know, that's for me was massive just to freaking let go and Uh trust and allow and just let go of control on a massive scale and everything is opened up for me. And obviously embodiment is a huge part of that. So what about you, Lena? What have you been dealing with and how are you planning or getting out of, (laughs) of that overdrive? I mean, I just want to say what she said, you know, but... This is what I came here to teach in my way too. And so I need to face this constantly. I have a tendency because I have a very strong masculine um, energy inside of myself too. That's also why I work. I work with women's businesses as well. So I love the masculine. This is probably my, I mean, a little bit of a danger alert zone for me because I love being in my fire. I love being in my masculine energy, in my sun, and in that forward-facing movement. The issue for me is that I get carried away when I'm in that movement, in that masculine energy. 
I sometimes have a difficulty even knowing that I'm there myself. I get so carried away that I'm like a freaking train just moving forward. And then, you know, I just stop. I'm like, oh shit, I don't feel sensual. I don't feel so alive. I just feel like a train going million you know, miles an hour because I am really productive and efficient and I'm a strategist in the background and all of that. So I can do that. But when I'm there too much, life loses the aliveness. I mean, there's no pleasure happening in that movement, although it can be fun, you know, so so it's not just all bad in any way is really good and it's really fun too and it's it's nice to be intellectually stimulated i think i think it's really fun to work on business strategies and all of that but i just the danger for me is that i can get so consumed that i almost don't see it myself until i feel very empty and i don't feel so very juicy and alive anymore and so I too, when that happens, when I catch myself there, and so for this morning, for example, I just need to fully push push pause or push stop. And like this morning, instead of then being with my son and all the kindergarten work and all of that, I'm like, okay, I have to have a long shower, need to go out for a walk and have a breakfast and try to, you know, reset my mindset and come into my body and come down into my, you know, my chakras, my yoni, my womb and all of that, communicate with, I like to really communicate with my heart and with my yoni if I want to quick, kind of quickly move out of my masculine and into my feminine. I physically use my hands, not to to climax or orgasm or anything, but I physically just use my hands on top of my body, my boobs, my heart, my yoni, like cupping my yoni. And I like, that makes me descend. (sighs) That just puts me back into that feminine energy of, okay, I'm back. I'm here, you know? So I do that multiple times a day, just cupping my own yoni, yoni, just breathing there, holding my heart and just come down, come down into my body, you know? And then of course I have other tricks, which is like, I never wear, almost never wear underwear. I always wear things that are pretty flowy. What do you mean never wear underwear like at all? I mean, I do when I bleed, but other than that, I I don't wear. What if underwear. you? What about pants? Like you wear? Do you wear pants? Well, I wear flowy pants. If I wear pants, if I wear tight jeans because I want to go out sometime, then I would wear underwear. But just on a regular day, I wear clothes that aren't too so tight because it just helps my natural flow of energy. What about winter? No. What do you mean? No, like how? Okay, <laughs> aren't you cold? Oh uh, no! I mean, like, don't you wear like tight pants? Like, you know, what is it, tights or whatever? I mean, Sweden's free- freezing. Oh yeah, I do wear tights, but if I wear tights, like very soft tights, I don't wear underwear under. <laughs> wow, revolutionary. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what's very supportive is to, of course, to wear a long dress or a long skirt because if you do then you can ju- it's just easier for that natural flow to flow through your body yeah, well, without- i'm gonna tell you my concern here because yeah. if you're a woman you know that I, like i experience discharge obviously vaginal discharge so i'm like if i don't wear underwear 
my discharge is going to be on my <laughs> on my clothes. <laughs> and then what do I do about that? Like you sit in a restaurant on a dress and you might have some discharge <laughs> on your dress. You know, how do you deal with that, Lena? Well, I mean, first of all, I think that's also part of learning the cycle because that happens, you know, more during some parts of the cycle. Exactly. So then you would probably just tune into that uh, because that's for me, actually, that is the only time that I experience that. I mean, in a way that it would like come into my clothes. Mm -hmm. So I don't. I, that's why I'm saying also when I bleed or when I have discharge around my, my ovulation, I do wear underwear. But other than that, I try to not because it just disrupts this, the flowiness of the energy. Oh, and so that, that's, that's just a quick, a little bit like, okay, how do I get into my feminine energy? If you're in a really masculine world, yeah, that, take that, off your underwear ladies and get yeah, into your feminine energy. Exactly. Get out of that and touch your freaking body. You know, how often do you like just hold your yoni and if you try to do that now as you're listening you can feel into that that feels really that feels really nurturing and that feels like you're being very held when you do that in a non-sexual way you just hold her and it's like oh my god I feel so grounded all of a sudden I just feel oh my god I'm so held right and so you can just drop down into that relaxation I'm doing this right now I do feel held yeah it's very nice right I feel like taking my undies off and just speaking to you right now naked, you know, just to experience. I bet I, I know my man's going to love that part. He's going to be like, Hannah Lena knows what he's talking about. Oh, yeah, really Everybody crazy. just needs to follow her advice. <laughs> I, tend, I tend to become men's like favorite, favorite thing where they are. They're like, oh, I really love that you're of working. You <laughs> oh my God. Just that one thing, like, honestly, no underwear everywhere. Like I can't even sleep most of the time naked, you know, oh, and really? like af- after sex I can, but it's something about like, I need pajamas or, I mean, obviously that has to do with, with, like the relationship I have with my sexuality and my body and definitely that area, I really need to work on that. Um, mm-hmm. No. So I love what you're saying. Um, thank you. So many amazing tips. Um, so let's finish off, Hanelina. This has been amazing. So the last thing I would love to hear from you is what are some books um, that you'd love to recommend? Um, maybe some of your favorite ones that you've read. We already know about the Magdalene Code or Manuscript. What was yeah. it called? Yeah. yeah. Uh, tell us more books and then some of the people that you find inspiring and maybe you follow online. Yeah. Well, mm, okay. So let's see books that are relevant to what we've been talking about today. I mean, um, I'm rewriting again, I'm rereading again, uh, the artist way right now with Julia Cameron, mm. uh, which is a very beautiful way of uh, just reopening your channel to creativity. I love that one. I love The Womb Awakening is like a Bible to me if you're interested at all in what I've been talking about today or we've been talking about. The Womb Awakening is like a Bible within everything. Wild Power is a really good book talking a lot about the moon cycle and the archetypes. Uh, So for women that are interested in that, that feels relevant. That's enough. I also have the... It's fun. I have the David Dieta work. I always recommend that to men oh, when I work yeah. with men. 
Yeah. I send, you know what? I sent all my clients two books, The Way of the Superior Man and Wild Power. Yeah. I have that one here for my male clients as well. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. And so, good. And then Instagram people? Mm. Yeah, Instagram or whoever, whatever people inspire you and that you follow. So in that realm of David Dieta, John Wineland also pops with me. I just love his... I've, I've interviewed him on the podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I just love well, not him. Not necessarily in, in, that, in that realm, just in general. I'm just curious, like, who, who, who is inspiring you at the moment or who are you following? Instagram, not Instagram, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I can actually check who you're following because you're following 712 people. <laughs> uh, Sandra Walter. Who, who's that? Sandra Walter. <laughs> It's like a way sharing an ascension guide. So she's really uh, a teacher right now, helping me expand within that realm. Uh, love her work. Um, Kat O'Connor, do you follow her? No, I don't know these women. I need to check them out. She's a mama. She's talking about sensuality as well, motherhood and just life in a very raw but beautiful way. I find her very inspiring. Hmm. And uh, who else? Ashea Sundara is um, an expander for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I also love like Lacey Phillips. And yeah, there's a lot. Of, I mean, it's who like was a last, year, right? I know. Who was the last one you mentioned? Uh, Lacey Phillips just popped. Okay. Talking about manifestation and how to manifest in a very practical way. Cool. All right. Enough, Lena. Hold your horses. Enough books and people. Thank you. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna link to I'm gonna link to everything you mentioned in the show notes. And so at the end of our amazing talk, and you know, it's already dark where I am. It's the beginning of the day where you are. It seems like we've been on a journey. Tell us all the women listening, how can they get in touch with you or follow you or get to know you a bit better and maybe even work with you? Yeah. Um so I would say Instagram is the best way to contact with me because that's where I'm just updating most, right? So it's uh, hello Hanalina on Instagram. And that's also where I always launch if I have a program launch or if I have spaces in my one-on-one coaching. So what I do is I do one-on-one coaching for months programs for women. And then I do, pro- I run programs as well, mm-hmm. uh, essentially your woman being one that's a very foundational program which i would say like for every woman that is curious at all (laughs) to wake up to their body sensuality and all of that and then i run some more kind of advanced programs as well that aren't just foundational but deep mystery woman is i call the next one and Mm -hmm. so but but on my instagram you'll find everything when i'm launching or my my web page is hanelina.com where you can also contact me Mm -hmm. okay beautiful all right well thank you so much lena it was a pleasure i'll link to everything you mentioned wishing you all the best and we'll definitely keep in touch but this was pretty amazing thank you thank you anna so beautiful to be here Beautiful women, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Hanelina. If you did, 
please, please charge your karmic energy. And I want to ask you two things. Number one, please leave a review and a rating on iTunes or in your podcasting app and give back. And if you want, share share it with a girlfriend. But I think most importantly is to share reviews and ratings on the podcast. I read all of them and I'm really, really grateful. It's becoming one of the top podcasts in relationships. And I think femininity, there is a category there. So head on to iTunes or to your podcast app if you have an iPhone. Go do claims, search for the podcast and then search down to hit, you know, five-star rating, hopefully, uh, and then write a review. I'd be forever, forever grateful. And all of the show notes, you'll find at girlskill.com slash 173, That's the episode number and you'll find all the links to whatever Lena mentioned. All right, beautiful ladies. I hope you're enjoying the podcast and having so many downloads every month and I'm deeply grateful. And if you want to send me a message and tell me who you are, what you're struggling with, I'd love to hear from you as a podcast listener and so message me on instagram you can find me at anna rova all right thank you bye all right girlfriends hope you enjoyed listening or watching to this episode and if you did and if you resonate with most of the things i'm saying and you want to learn more and you want to finally start attracting masculine men i have an invitation for you so as you know i am committed and passionate about helping successful women attract and keep committed masculine men. So I have a personal invitation for you. If you're resonating with everything and you're ready to step up and invest in yourself and take things to the next level, I'd love, love, love to talk to you and see if you'd be a fit for my work and what I do. And so Basically, what I'm doing is I'm inviting you and it's a personal invitation If you, only if you resonate because I don't work for, with everyone and I'm not here to just, you know, make a quick buck and whatever. I'm here committed to your result and I will make sure that we go until the end and that we get you the result that you want, which is start attracting better men. So I invite you to sign up to actually apply for a free discovery call with me. It's a call that is one hour long. And what we do is we talk about your current situation, where you are today, and what's wrong, quote unquote, wrong with your dynamics with men, what you don't like. And then we're going to talk about what you really want and where you want to get. And at the end, if I find that that's a good fit, I'll tell you what I do and I'll offer you to join us and uh, how we could work together. So just to give you a bit of context, this, this experience is all about and what I'm going to offer to only if I find that that's a good fit is about number one, putting yourself in the best position to start attracting committed masculine men and not through tactics and techniques or tips, tricks, whatever, but just by being you and understanding and appreciating men, thus creating a deeper relationship with yourself as a feminine essence woman and attract better committed masculine men. Number two, it's all about letting go of overworking perfectionism and the need to control by overcoming your limiting beliefs, patterns, and obstacles to rediscover your worth and enoughness and rebuilding your faith in your own voice, in your own decisions, and exploring your boundaries and so on and so on. Number three, it's all about letting your body lead, stop overthinking, and start trusting your gut and your heart when it comes to making decisions, expanding and embracing your range of emotions, cultivating sense of 
awareness and pleasure and feeling more without apologizing for it. And I know if you're here, you understand and you know that the path to your masculine man, who's a conscious, healthy man, is through you. It's through embracing your feminine nature. It's through running with the wolves and embracing your wild feminine side and actually gaining power from it. And a healthy masculine man will only be attracted to that if you get to that place yourself. And last but not least, it's all about becoming deeply connected to yourself as a woman. Understand what true femininity is, exploring deeper levels of intimacy, and finally becoming free, lighter, and open. Embracing basically the feminine side of polarity, because again, this is what your masculine man wants. And it's all about stop living in the masculine energy by pushing, doing, and choosing all the time and start living in joy, freedom, and your wild nature where you can surrender, where you can finally let go. Trust me, this is an amazing place to be and it's easy and joyful and it feels natural and feels like a woman. So if you resonate, go to girlskill.com apply and there's going to be a short survey, step one. Just apply there and then the next step is to schedule a call with me. It's going to be an hour. We have fun on this call, so I hope to see you there. And my, my calendar is booked for another, I mean, booked. My calendar is open for another week. So go ahead and do that. If you don't see times that are available for you, make sure you email me because I'll always make time for you to make sure that you get your spot. All right, girlfriend, keep running with wolves and I'll see you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>